0: This is not restless. Okay, I know you just want to get to the show, but I'm actually here to tell you that there's a way that you can get even more restless in your life. You can do that by going to patreon.com backslash the podcast, where there are three different ways starting at just $3 a month that you can both support this show And at the same time get even more content at least one extra episode a week and often more not to mention the restless telegram channel that you'll have access to 24 7 to interact with all the other patrons if you want more restless in your life this is the way go to patreon.com backslash the restless podcast okay back to the show
1: This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless. I feel like we should be coming in to the music of A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Because if you're a Reformed Baptist, you might be raging in your cage right now. Because, because you've got to do it. Because this is a postmortem on The Young, Restless, and Reformed. I'm your host, Matt. I am joined by Pastor Michael, and we are going to be doing a hopefully classic
0: reaction here today. Yeah, this is one that was making the rounds for a while, Matt. Um, Have you watched it, by the way? I think so, yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. I also watched it. Um, So uh, what we have is a clip that was pretty recently going around the at least reformed interwebs with Mark Dever. Um, so where he's at a, is this, what's this for? Is this for? This is,
1: he's at some event at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary.
0: Yeah, you know, so this is just, it was right around the SBC um, big convention. And now uh, this, I mean, I saw this almost as much as I saw clips from Rick Warren or others uh, right around that time because Mark Dever gets pretty heated when talking about, Pato baptism and that's right uh,
1: and the gospel so and and what i love about this clip is um that the people who responded some people were angry some people were like finally they're saying it finally we're getting we're getting the truth that we need uh and all sorts of controversy erupted when pastor mark Deather Good friends of one Ligon Duncan got up to make these comments at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Now, um, Pastor Michael, uh, is there any uh, is there any previous context you want people to to bring into this before we get going?
0: Um, It's well, I, I don't think so. So it's just thoughts um, about the gospel and baptism and some things like that. And so I think we should watch it and then. Um, I have, uh, then I have some thoughts both about it, but also some, some uh, things that we could move on to from this point. So, ooh, great. I, I, perhaps. So this clip is two
1: minutes and 20 seconds. Pastor Michael, do you want me to play it all the way through?
0: Uh, probably. Why don't you play it all the way through? It's only, like you said, 220. We can get through it and then maybe watch it again if we need to see certain clips. All right.
2: He said regenerate church
0: membership. But that's what the Eastern Orthodox and Roman
2: Catholics taught. I guess it was a fault But idea. the Anabaptists for sure yeah. had that as a core cardinal component Yes, as the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholics did. It was the Pado-Baptist Protestants who missed that point. But they had a wrong view of how you got regenerate. Well, that's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rege- re- yeah. Maybe I, I just want to say this idea of a regenerate church our presbyterian friends will look at it sometimes like we're crazy people and i want to say excuse me that's what the east and rome always taught yes they understood that when you were baptized as an infant you were regenerated so actually the crazy people in the room are you guys who are saying there is a church full of unregenerate people sorry <laughs> it's just as a guy in church history i get i pedo baptist friends i love you you come and preach in our pulpits you're smarter than we are but I do get tired of being constantly condescended to by them when they're wrong and they just don't understand the very things they claim to very well at all. The number of times I have been told we need bishops and presbyteries in case something goes wrong in our churches to make sure that our churches will be Orthodox. Really? Really? Have you looked at all the Orthodox Episcopal churches around? How about all the Orthodox PCUSA churches around? If you bothered looking at those, meanwhile, the Baptists who have no educational standards, but who require believer baptism to be a member of their church, we have a church here from the 1770s that's still preaching the gospel. If you want to protect the gospel, get rid of infant baptism and be congregational. Make the whole congregation vote. You'll keep the gospel. Everyone froze. (laughs) Let's sing just as I am. (laughs) My Presbyterian Wesleyan friends can come forward. (laughs) I hope that's not on video. I mean, is that on?
1: Oh, it is.
0: (laughs) Oh, it is on video. They didn't know how to move on at all from that. They did did not. They did not. There's some. There's one guy that's kind of like, like he's kind of like, <laughs> like I don't know what to do about this. Oh man! So there's a couple different things that I think we should. Break oh man! Down there's a video. lot of things. There's a lot. Okay. There's- Let me just
1: say the the since we probably won't release the video of this, they are at the nine marks event, so nine marks must do a conference thing at Southeastern seminary that's why mark devers there it appears that, that sense. um stand his ground jonathan lehman is there you know all the uh just a murderer's row of baptists danny aiken is there talking about how great the anabaptists were um so <laughs> uh so here we go um yes
0: all right where so do you want to start i'll let you start let's just start with like a meta observation um and sure. this is more just for fun but um isn't it interesting this is coming out after together for the gospel split up. It's, mm, it's starting to split. Everybody's starting to, uh, you know, um, get a little bit more, uh, parked into their own corners. I don't actually think that's totally true. Um, but it is a funny observation that, uh, Mark Dever, who's been known for being pretty, like he'll take little jabs at pedo baptism, but not, I, I've never seen anything from him that it gets this, kind of uh, heated about it, you know, Um, and not just heated, but pretty extreme uh, and taking a pretty strong stance, which, by the way, if you're a Baptist, believe it, you know, like if, if you believe in believers baptism, then you should actually believe it. If you think that's what the Bible teaches, then I want you to be, I want you to actually teach it and believe it. Mm. Um, I don't want you to say, to think this is what the Bible says and then be uh, lukewarm if it's what the Bible says, then then you should believe it. I mean, it's not what the Bible says, but if it were, you know, I think that, I, I don't think it's wrong, in other words, for Mark Dever to be strong in his beliefs. Um, I think he's wrong about his beliefs. I don't think it's wrong for him to be strong in his beliefs. But it's funny that, you know, now that Together for the Gospel is done, maybe they're no longer together. And so he's, he's slowly, uh, you know, uh, really pushing into the Baptist side of things. Let, yeah, let,
1: I think those are great observations that now that uh T4G is, you know, done, we're, we're maybe allowed to talk this way. So let me just encourage everyone who is a Pedo baptist like Pastor Michael and I, let's not make our position, no, don't say these things. We can't handle that. Like, this is Seriously. so bad. Like, let's, no, let's not do that. Let's not try and retread this again where we say, There aren't really differences. We don't, they can't matter or whatever. So um, if that's the criticism, I don't want to make that criticism because I want it to be, I want a Baptist to be allowed to say these things. Um, Well, let me put an asterisk there, unless they're wrong.
0: (laughs) Um, And so, but right, to be able to state their beliefs. Yeah, if it's what you believe- state it clearly i do prefer overall the the seemingly growing view of some baptists that hey we should be baptists while also allowing basically what they would consider non-regenerate membership of those who have baptized infants or at least allow for um, a baptism of an infant when that person is older and be okay with that for church membership Um, i think that that is actually a good move i don't I think that it kind of undercuts the foundation of what it is you believe. <laughs> I, but I think it's the right move. I think you're moving in the right direction. so um, Baptists,
1: I'm at least... Baptists who don't require believers baptism based on the conscience of someone baptized as a baby. We love you. love to have you on the show because I don't get it either, but I do also appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I do th- I think it's in a I think it is a a stand I appreciate, but do not understand. But that is not the stand of nine marks at Southeastern Theological Seminary. Is there something else you have on a meta level? Otherwise, no, uh, let's
0: dive into it. So let's start with this, Matt. What is he right in saying that you uh, Presbyterians are the weird and odd ones because you don't require regenerate membership but everybody else does except for you guys
1: so this is this is such a fascinating statement so right he starts this is where he starts right he starts with regenerate church membership is what's always been required always been required that's what rome and the eastern orthodox believe danny aiken comes in with yeah just like the anabaptists they they had this right and um um so the question of course when you say rome or eastern orthodox always believe this the question is when did they believe that where where do you find that right this because it's actually the 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 formalization of baptismal regeneration is something that The way he's talking about it, we don't have really until the reform divide from the Lutherans Mm -hmm. and they're distinguishing their beliefs about baptism. Because if we think about all the varieties of the the efficacy of baptism throughout the church, it is definitely not clear cut. So, right. Let's think about Constantine, that old ruiner of everything Christian. Um, When was Constantine baptized? on his deathbed yeah because of a very specific view of baptismal efficacy right we do have evidence that um people did want their children baptized um because they were concerned about their salvation now we also have statements about children going to heaven whether or not they were baptized right we have Mm -hmm. we have all of these things um and so i think the whatever we want to say about regenerate this idea of we have to have regenerate membership in the church even if that is a position it is one that we have to grant developed over time into what mark dever means or what roman catholics and eastern orthodox mean which is not what mark dever means and what lutherans mean which is not what any which is not what the others mean and so again. Anyone making the claim of we go all the way back, the thing I'm saying as a Reformed Baptist in Texas, it goes all the way back, is is going to be historically historically problematic. Now, the point that I think Pastor Michael is ready to make is you might claim you have regenerate church membership, and none of you do and that based on the word of God is the, where we would pull that from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's, it is, uh, uh, maybe you could even say a mirror image idealism, um, mm. that you see, uh, in, a, a Baptist understanding with what you see in, for instance, uh, Roman Catholicism or, or Eastern Orthodoxy, although I don't, I think you're right in saying they're really not the same, but um, let's just play his game, right? Let's just accept that for a moment. Um, then what you have is a mere image of each other. It like the, the very fact that um, they can even say, well, they misunderstood that, right? They misunderstand, you know, what baptism does and they misunderstand who is regenerate. Uh, and we would say that is also true with you, especially Calvinist Baptist. If you're a non-Calvinist Baptist, you might be able to say, well, yeah, like they were regenerate and now they're not again and then they were and then now they're not again. Uh, but we all know, especially you Calvinist, Reformed Baptists out there, the kinds of Baptists that generally listen to the Restless podcast. Uh, we love you guys, by the way. We're not trying to attack you. We're just playing Dever's game. We're just doing the same thing. We will receive it from him, but then you got to hear it from us. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but let's just like, I mean, think about think about in your churches, everybody who's ever professed faith first and then been baptized, who's been a member of the church is regenerate. No, Obvi- like that is such an obviously untrue statement, Right. in which case you can say we believe in regenerate membership, but you can't do it. You can't actually live that way. You actually have to live on a very different basis, in fact, a very similar basis to the way that perhaps uh, historically the Reformed Church would handle this, understanding that there's always going to be a mixed membership in the church. doesn't mean you don't preach the gospel to people. doesn't mean you assume people's salvation. It doesn't mean all kinds of things that you might think that it means, uh, but it, it at least is clearly stated up front. We understand that just because somebody was born into a church just because they're baptized just because they professed faith even does not in fact guarantee regeneration
1: that's right and so my son actually has just run up so if you hear somebody well he's running away now that I make the statement but yeah this this is 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 just the case and and the Bible teaches that not everyone within the church is, Regenerate. Now, obviously, it is a great point to point out that at least in these other um, forms, regeneration is revocable, is not forever, right? What the Baptists have in their view that would be different is we might say they require a um, professed, like some, you are required to make some form of profession um, for any kind of membership. Um, But I just do not think we want to call this Regenerate Church membership because we have Simon the Magician who was baptized by an apostle and then the apostles call him bitter, right? Like a gall of bitterness that he's evil, right? The Bible teaches over and over that not all of Israel is Israel. One of Jesus Christ's disciples would betray him and was doing miracles as part of the apostolic band. Paul over and over mentions people who were with him in ministry.
0: In the church. They were members. They were ministers. They were apostles. They were like, they were all of these things. And now they are false apostles, false teachers, false prophets. They went out from us, John says, uh, because they were not of us. But they, I mean, on a, that doesn't mean they went out from us and they were never members because they never professed their faith. No, they, they did profess their faith. Okay. Right. And they had, I mean, sure, some of them had probably been baptized as infants, but <laughs> but <laughs>
1: And so but, you're you're just not allowed to move the like you can't move the goalpost from our children, can the children of believers be included in membership in the church to well we there are we can we're only to have regenerate people. You can ask the question, is profession required? That's a that's a more real question of a difference rather than this idea of regenerate. And, and even the idea of my, but our goal is regenerate church membership. I don't, it's just not a biblical goal.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> and even if it was, right. Yeah, we want people to be regenerate in the sense that we want people to be saved, but that's not something in our power. It's not something exactly. that we can even know Completely, we might be able to see fruit in somebody's life, but we still can make false judgments, we can make bad judgments. Like you said, the very fact that the apostles baptized and seemed to, you know, bring uh Simon the magician in, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's uh trying to uh do things and act in a way that's contrary to all of that, and that's the apostles, right? The fact that so many um people became false teachers or false leaders, even uh. Paul, when he's in Ephesus, leaving the elders, and he says, there are going to be false teachers that arise from among you. Some of you, in other words, some of you are going to become false teachers. And, That's a and, church that Paul, the apostle, planted and a church that he ministered at for many years. Yeah, And it still had that problem.
1: And here's the other problem with this historical argument. Well, it's the... Uh, it's our presbyterian friends who don't get history. I just you I don't know why Mark Dever I I I I you know I know he said that Pastor Michael and I are smarter than him that he's a crazy person. We'll come to that little quip in a moment. I don't know why why if this position on regenerate church membership is so strong, why isn't the universal testimony of the church to the baptism of children just as strong? When Augustine says it's the practice of every church everywhere. When Tertullian, Origen, people are talking about this as the practice in the early church. Why doesn't that fact matter in a similar way? Well, I mean, the 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 right answer, the hopeful answer is because, well, what we're actually trying to do is determine what is a biblical statement, right? Yes.
0: But, right. We want to know what, what is biblical.
1: Which is good. But we can't then use history when it agrees with me, and not for like you can't you can't make this statement. Wow, these the Presbyterians are so out of step with church history. Yep. Um, and then have someone be like, "But the Anabaptists, right?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. No, that's that's such a good point. That I mean, if you want to go down the history route, I mean, you can try to argue that yeah, by time Constantine came, the church was corrupted and didn't come back until the Anabaptists. But otherwise, you like the like you're saying, the universal testimony of the church for the vast majority of its history um, was at least accepting of infant baptism, if not purely practicing it, right? right? I mean, uh, so let's uh, talk about his statement though. Aren't we sometimes, isn't it true sometimes that Presbyterians on this topic especially are condescending? to our Baptist brethren we,
1: I so I'm gonna make I'm gonna say in one position no oh and then I will allow us to say yes so here's the way the reason I don't think it's a just a clear we are really condescending there is a there is a um church traditions have these kinds of like facts that stick out in them the Baptist tradition, Tends to have this view of itself that it is the minority, that it faces persecution, um, and that, and that it is um right the the idea of not going far enough in the Reformation and those of us who were willing to paid for it right and again there are very true examples of this right um there was I think his name is Obadiah Holmes he was he was beaten in one of the early American colonies. Because he wanted to preach, uh, you know, Baptistic doctrines, and and so he was, so he right, so he was like, and he took a big stand on religious liberty, right? And so, like, like these kinds of stories, obviously, the totally discredited uh, trail of blood idea that they've always been there, they've just always been being martyred. But I think that there's this idea of like we're always treated like the little brother who doesn't get it, who isn't really getting it now mark Dever said we don't have any educational standards which (laughs) could legitimately be a cause for but here's the reason i don't know that i accept this framing of the conversation as the restless show is often uh we say commonly baptist at least here in the united states inside of conservative evangelicalism you're in charge this is the baptist world and i'm just living in it like that um and maybe and maybe that, uh, and now we can get to where uh, there is some, p- perhaps some condescension, right? That I think that many other reform people go. Once you realize all the historical um, case for these other positions, other reform positions, it it is it becomes easy to then turn into an elitist minority, right? Where yeah. it's a so Baptists have this tendency to act like. We're this beleaguered people who've never been taken seriously and been chased out of every land. And everyone's still mad that the Catholics Lutherans had to raise an army to destroy an Anabaptist city, which they did um, because it was so bad. Uh, But but our tendency would, yes, be towards a form of elitism, which is the least attractive view and not going to win anyone over. Is that what you were getting at or? Did I yeah, I mean, uh, no, I think
0: I think there's some truth to that. I think that um, I think that on a personal level, Presbyterians obviously can be condescending at times. I'm sure that I have been. Uh, but also, if you read my Facebook page when I put up anything supporting paedo baptism, I, I don't okay, think I'm the one being shaking. condescending most of the time. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah. I mean, it gets wild out there uh when you interact with at least uh, certain groups of people and one in particular being like active Facebook users who are also Baptists, like they <laughs> they, they can get wild. And so um it, it goes both ways, right? Just like, just like, um you know, there are, there are Presbyterians who got really offended by this video of Mark Dever, right? Like they were just really worked up about it on online. And you know what Um that gave, you know, it's giving us some content, so maybe that's okay, but, uh, like you got, you guys don't have to be, this is, I think most people, by the way, whether they're Baptist or Presbyterian or, or anything else, I think the biggest issue is that most of them are really insecure in what they believe. And so they have to act like, like this is like, this is a a major battle, a major war every time somebody brings up a disagreement with them, right? Mm -hmm. You see this again, I put up something about pedo-baptism on Facebook. Boom. Like, this is the end of the world if you don't agree with me right now. Yeah. And and I'm content saying, you don't have to agree with me. I th- I'm, I, like, I am confident that I'm right. But not because I just – I think I'm right because I think that I can – consistently quote to you Bible verses and you don't do that back. Like, Mm. because I'm consistently giving you Bible verses. And when you quote to me, Jeremiah 31 or other places, I just, I can tell you why it's not saying anything like what you mean. And if you actually read it in the context of Hebrews, it doesn't mean anything even close to what you understand it to mean, And so uh, like, I feel very comfortable in that. So if you disagree with me, oh, well, like Mm. it's not like that doesn't change anything. Right. you disagree with me the world could disagree with me and it wouldn't change anything if it's true now obviously the world the christian world doesn't disagree with me <laughs> uh by and large but uh but maybe where we live it does so yeah i i think i could go both ways but i thought it was important at least to bring up so so
1: let's get to the the other half of this the the great gospel protectors call the avengers it's the <laughs> It's the Congregationalists, it's the credo Baptists and um, now I want to I want to I want us to look at these there are a few parts of this. So Mark Dever in some ways is um, offering a challenge, well, we do believe ecclesiology matters. Ecclesiology matters. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you, right, when he makes his point about, you know, our church that has existed since whatever in the 1700s. Let me make one statement, and this is something that Pastor Michael has said, I believe, on this podcast. There actually is, in a certain sense, a defense that Baptist churches do have that other, uh, be they more biblical... Uh, protections that the other churches, Presbyterians, per, uh, other Episcopal denominations would not have. When you have the power and have no outside influence over your congregation, that does free you from a certain degree of the um, negative influences and problems that these churches right like that you don't have the risk of a bad bishop being put over your region and now causing problems for your church right yeah and there is in because of especially in recent history the great run towards lib- protestant liberalism that was watched in all of these denominations across the western world well who were the people most um, likely to be unaffected by that? Well, people who were the most disconnected, which would be independent Baptist
0: churches. Yeah. So now, in a sense, you do have this protection. A kind that... of protection. So think of it like this. like If you, if there's an isolated people group um, versus people that are more metropolitan or like traveling a lot um, or have the ability to travel around to different areas, you have a lot of people moving in and, in and out of cities or something like that, Um, The people that are an isolated people group, say like maybe the Native Americans on the American continent before uh, the Europeans arrived. You do not, uh, you are not at risk of many diseases that are traveling around in Europe where people are moving back and forth from all kinds of different places, right? So you are protected in that sense. You, You, because you're isolated or like a family that lives way out in the sticks and the boonies and they never see anybody else. They've kind of cut themselves off because they're preppers and they think the world's about to end and nobody nobody ever interacts with them. There's a way in which you're protected from certain pathogens, but also <laughs> you can become a weird like hillbilly backwater strange like <laughs> I, <laughs> you also have like things that are going to happen to you that's not going to happen to those who are not isolating themselves, right?
1: Pastor Michael just described congregationalism as the preppers of the (laughs) Christian world. But what you don't have is another kind of protection, which would be, what if something goes horribly wrong in your church?
0: In that church, that's right. It's over, man, it's over. Or with like your one pastor or your three elders or two of your three elders. What do you do? You, it's over. Like, it's probably over. It it should be notable the amount of
1: church splits that happened in fundamentalism after they notably um, stood the tide of Protestant liberalism. They yep. then split over and over. Also,
0: the idea that Baptist – I mean, there are plenty of Baptist denominations of that are very liberal. Of like, that's just an, an absurd – there are mainline Baptist of course and congregational churches so it's just weird to say what he said like it's clearly just it doesn't mesh with the actual facts on the ground now
1: now here's another question is that is the idea of that pure church with no problems no issues outside not dealing with churches around them that have issues is that what we see happening in the new testament church no, it is not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Again, I I I I too like the idea of like, man, I'd like to just be in an undisturbed church where everything seems to be going well and then I read the New Testament and there's nothing like that happening.
0: Nothing. Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a good point, Matt. That's such a good point. Um and how much of how much even of you when you think that you are in a place where you have held on to the gospel and our denomination isn't one that's fallen apart and we're not the liberals how much of that is because you keep cutting off cutting off cutting off cutting off isolating 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 until you're just you it's just you and your family that you force to listen to you on sunday mornings in your one family house church you right. know what i mean like that's that is is a direction that this heads because you can say yeah we're the only ones that have kept this when you're cutting yourself off from everyone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I again I think that the question of course has to be regarding um regarding mode of church government. What does the Bible say again? Who is the head of the church? I agree there is no single man ahead of the church. I also don't agree that democracy is the method of ruling the church i do obviously think there is a place for voting in the life of the church
0: here's the deal we believe in the the you know authority the congregation yeah we believe in congregationalism right that the congregation should have the right to elect elders that they have certain certain rights and authority in the church we believe in believers baptism that believers and their children should be baptized (laughs) Right. right? Like we, we, we hold to those things. Um, it is an interesting point, And this is where I will say, I think that this is a good thing for Presbyterians to remember. It is true. And I often do this, um, say, Hey, this form of church government provides accountability and does help to preserve the faith and preserve the truth. And it's also true that sometimes it doesn't, right. It doesn't like it it does actually come down to, um, whether or not those who are, um, in places of authority are faithful. Yes. And when a people and their leaders are not faithful, um, it doesn't matter if they have the right structure. Um, even if it's the right structure, they're not going to be faithful with that structure anyway. Now it's not true to say then that it doesn't matter, but it would be true to say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't say this is all that matters. We don't want to come across as saying, Ecclesiology matters, Presbyterianism matters, because if you become Presbyterian, everything else falls into place. No, there are bad guys within Presbyterianism. There are guys who who um, allow themselves to be influenced by the evil one and speak evil things, and they direct the church in wicked ways, and then you end up with the you know uh, the majority of the PCUSA or other places like that. So, of course, that happens. Um, but it doesn't mean, like you're saying, that's not biblical and right. It doesn't mean that it doesn't in many ways help. Right. In fact, you know, if you go back to the analogy of, you know, if you isolate yourself, sure, you seem protected for a time. Uh, Like, again, the isolated Native Americans in the Americas and then the Europeans come and the smallest pathogen destroys them. Mm. Right. So the you know, you get you get one person in the church who's really adamant about head coverings and all of a sudden everybody's up in arms, everybody's picking sides and they all hate each other. They destroy the church, right? It just takes, it just takes very little to destroy it. Um, Whereas generally speaking, these other denominations, it took a long, long time of the slow manipulation of people who were willing to put in the effort to slowly, like parasites, uh, take the, the good energy of those denominations and turn them for evil purposes um and so it took longer in, which also means that you had more time to save it right you're able mm. you're able then to write the course at times in ways that you just can't on a smaller level right. not to say that it yeah. can't be done it just it's much harder because things yeah. move a lot faster
1: it, it's this idea it's this crazy idea you know that we 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 tried to correct in the reformation there's this idea of ex opera operato sacraments. The sacraments work in their working. And do you know what we shouldn't have? We should not have this view of ex opera operato anything in the Christian life. The sinner's prayer, church government, the character. We should do things according to God's instituted means because he said, this is how I desire, this is how I work in the world. But if Presbyterian men don't stand and deliver don't stand up for their congregations, if they don't do the difficult work of the church, which is at times unpleasant or or at least just something that takes a lot of time out of your life, it doesn't matter if it's good, right? And this is why there are plenty of churches with congregational governments that are faithful, because there are lots of regenerate, there are lots of fruit bearing Christian men and women in that church saying, we're going to try and we are going to carry the gospel forward. This is why their um, churches right in the reformation, when we have it, like we're a singular man, a singular influential figure carries an entire people in one direction, right? Having a good Bishop's a really great thing. It, like th- these things all work because there is no automatic nature of them. You don't find Presbyterianism and now you've found the gospel and that it will work this way forever. So perhaps the way to defend the gospel is not by saying something like, well, stop baptizing infants and embrace <laughs> embrace uh, uh, congregationalism, right? Because that statement by the end is a statement I, I, right I cannot understand, right? Obviously, again, historically, why is that bad? Because all the reformers that Mark Dever looks up to and likes baptize infants. And I don't think any of them were in congregational churches unless we start getting to the Puritans. So it's it's again, there's there, it's not a one, there is no one-to-one thing. And of course, it really doesn't help protect the gospel if the gospel is for you and for your children after you. If it if there is a if there is a part of the promise of God that is uh offered to your children then we're really we're really starting to stray far from it um but again that's me saying the question is what does the bible say right the the yeah i don't know i i, I just think if we look at how the apostles what they do to defend the gospel it does not appear they don't they do not appeal to church or government all that much mm-hmm maybe some because it's part of the work of the elder it's part of the work of the pastor things like that yep um and it and it isn't um but that it is the work that they will have to do they will have to correct error with gentleness right they will have to teach there there are all these christian things they have to do that are that are beyond these things so pastor michael we have picked on uh this
0: clip for a while we're not mad about it by the way we, we're, no, I we're, actually think it's super helpful. Um, yeah, super helpful in seeing both where Deborah's coming from and a lot of Baptists are coming from, and also to see some of those dividing lines and say, Hey, actually, we can work through some of those. Yeah,
1: yeah, and 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 to find out if if uh Danny Aiken is just a, an Anabaptist uh today. Um, but but yeah, so so we're happy, we're happy to continue this conversation. I don't know, do you have any closing thoughts on this episode as we? as we leave Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, a place we will probably never be
0: invited uh, again. Um, we love you guys. We know that uh, maybe, I don't know if it's, yeah, Nine Marks is great. By the way, our church is on the Nine Marks website. (laughs) So we're, I don't know if we can still be after the the newest edition of the book. I don't know if they've (laughs) added anything, but.
1: After um, you learn you can't defend the gospel. I know.
0: (laughs) Evidently, we can't be a healthy church anymore. I don't know. Uh, But we, I mean, we've been on the Nine Marks website, a lot of. Uh, we have a lot of folks that are members here that are Baptists, and we love them, and they're full members of the church. And there's no uh, like feeling of as if they are like lesser members or anything like that. Um, and we feel the same way about a lot of you that listen to this podcast. Um, it's helpful when Dever does this sort of thing, and then we're just also going to do it, so we can oh, all sorry. do it. We can all get heated and have fun, and uh, you know, make fun of the other.
1: Hopefully you've enjoyed today's restless podcast where Pastor Michael and I were not taken aback and shocked beyond words like the people who originally heard Mark Dever's words. We are happy he said it. We're happy you're listening. Rate and review this show. Join us on Patreon if you want to tell if you're a Baptist who really wants to tell us something we said today is wrong. I'm only going to read that comment if it was said in my Patreon group chat. You can tell me there. So you're going to have to pay me $3 a month. to tell me that negative comment if you'd like to but otherwise we'd love to hear from you love to love to interact with listeners in real life is fun on twitter in our chats thanks everybody